0: Get 80% off your impression kit when you use code WONDERY at Byte.com. That's B-Y-T-E dot Start your confidence journey today with Byte. Bet online,
1: the fastest and easiest way to bet on all your sports action. Football might be over, but NBA, college basketball, and the NHL are in full swing. Bet online even covers awards, TV shows, and reality TV. Real-time updated odds and props on almost anything you can imagine. BetOnline has you covered for all the news, scores, and odds. It's the best way to place your bets, and it's free to sign up. Head to the website or use your mobile device to sign up today and receive 50% welcome bonus on your first deposit. BetOnline, your online sportsbook experts. You are listening to The Bird Calls on the Armchair All-American Network. For more on your Pelicans, go to iTunes, search The Bird Calls, and subscribe today. What is up, Pelts fans? Ah, welcome <laughs> to another episode of the Bird Coast Podcast. But this time, we are live on Locker Room. Uh, we've kicked off the second half of the season with one of the more miserable performances of 2021, and that is <laughs> saying something, even for us. A 16-point first-quarter lead quickly fizzled and became an absolute laugher. I think it just ended 135 to 105. How can you not laugh at this point? It's just comical. Uh, the game just ended, but. We're not alone. We're not going to drown ourselves in sorrow alone. Why would we do that? It's so much more fun to make fun of our favorite team as a group. So that's what we're doing here on Locker Room to help me recap this dastardly affair. Is the impatient bull himself, Mister Christopher
2: Brostenovsky Connor? Sir, if you <laughs> had mentioned before, how are you feeling now? Yo, man, I feel great. I I feel great. I knew before I joined here or even watching the game that I was gonna pour up a few drinks and I feel I feel damn good. What I wanna know is because I'm able to say shit on here that I may not say on Twitter. Everybody, if you can, give me your favorite or your best Eric Bledsoe joke. That's what I wanna hear. Because I figure <laughs> that part of this podcast is gonna revolve a lot around around Eric Bledsoe among other things. But I'm feeling great, Preston.
1: Feeling great. That's good to hear. Uh, the Pelicans have 15 wins. Uh, we're sliding down the scale. I think we're 12th in the West right now. Uh, a loss to the Timberwolves. You know, you're you're going to lose some games uh, to inferior foes. The Pelicans are used to that and we're used to that as Pelicans fans. But the manner in which they lost uh, with that 16 point lead immediately uh, being tipped over in the second quarter and a 30 point affair that that was never close, was never in doubt. It's it's the manner in which this
2: is happening that makes you openly wonder, Chris. Is this team falling apart? I mean, I wouldn't say necessarily they're falling apart. I just think that they they have um, they have certain assets on their team that need to fall apart into others into other situations. I mean, um, you know, I think when you are when you're a young team or any type of team, man, you you feel better from a chemistry perspective when you're playing with guys that you know are going to be in your huddle and going to be around you, man. And I can't, I'd can't. i be wrong to say that all of the Pelicans' problems revolve around Eric Bledsoe, right? Or say, you know, they revolve around the uncertainty on, you know, J.J. Redick's future, Alonzo Ball's contract. But you know the pels. The pels don't look like a team. You know, in certain aspects, because they're still trying to figure out so many things at once. And you know, I think you know, you're looking at you're looking at a squad that's, you know, struggling to put any type of consistency together because they don't seem to trust each other. You know, from quarter to quarter, minute to minute, and that that seeps into the efforts that we see. You know, that seeps into uh the the inconsistency with the energy that they bring against opponents and it goes beyond that because they have flaws from you know from roster construction and a whole bunch of other things that they need to fix man because you know um they they don't have enough flexibility and i think athleticism as a whole to make up for some of the issues that they end up facing like yo man <laughs> when nas reed is giving you work Like repeatedly to where they're throwing the ball down to him in the post and saying, yo, work out because Jackson Hayes is in the game. That's a problem. But this happens damn near every matchup Jackson Hayes is in. It just it is what it is. People see him in his lunch. You know, um, the bench is a complete uh, it's a constant will of who are you going to see this game okay it's Kyra Lewis Jr this game okay it's Nikhil Alexander Alexander Walker this game you're going to see Willie Hernan Gomez I mean they they are someone they're a team trying to find themselves with talent and I think from a a fan base perspective that's frustrating
1: yeah we've got some comments we've got Jared Brandon uh, Marquise apologize for pronunciations I live in Florida and I am not intelligent We've also got Braden and we've got Drake. Uh, Chris, before I get into bringing some of these guys on stage, obviously we're going to talk a lot uh, further about Eric Bledsoe, but I wanted to bring up uh, this email from Tom Ziller, uh, formerly of uh, Vox Media and SB Nation. He says, to me, Bledsoe is the move that could relieve some issues, but the odds are that New Orleans is stuck with Bledsoe. He goes through a whole scenario about teams who might be interested, but why they probably wouldn't make the move. Uh, I know some people are also going to want to talk about Steven Adams, but here's what I want to talk about tonight. Obviously the the Pelicans defensively have been a tire fire for the better part of the season. Uh, but offensively they've been one of the very best. However, tonight they're shooting, let's see, 43% from the floor, less than 20% from three point range, 54%, uh, from the free throw line. And here's the most interesting or lack thereof part Zion only 13 shots, uh, Chris, we're talking about one of the most devastating individual scores, and the way that the Pelicans utilize him on that end waxes and wanes from quarter to quarter. Uh, the entire second quarter, it seemed like he wasn't even involved. What is going on with the Pelicans'
2: usage? The Pelicans' usage of their best player? Um, I mean, what what do you want to start? Do you want to say do you want to say low low natural IQ? Right? Uh, so many so many guys trying to make plays on their own. Uh, trying to solidify uh their role on the team, you know, and then if you go from there, when that isn't the case, I mean and I mean and here's something else man when you're playing bad defense, you're constantly in half court situations that makes it difficult for Zion to get shots because what do teams do? They're gonna double them, they're gonna triple them It's four to it's it's three to five guys all looking at Zion, especially with that second unit when if you're if you're Minnesota or any other team why am I worrying about what anyone else is doing why am I concerned about you know what Nikhil Alexander Walker is going to do or Jackson Hayes or any of these guys consistently my focus is going to be on Zion Williamson and why wouldn't it be he was able to get to make some things work like he always does and I mean that's what being a generational talent can bring right but I think even when the guys are going to him trying to make plays for him, it's still difficult because you have so many non-threats on the floor that are next to him that aren't making enough plays. And you're not playing enough defense to where you're constantly in half-court sets. And that's hell for Zion right now. I mean, if you're in a half-court set every single time and you're on the floor with bench players, you know, they don't offer much, much flexibility or that are undeveloped. I mean that, that that's not a spot that's going to put him you know I say that, that you can put him in that's going to help him thrive because otherwise he's nothing more but a secondary uh, playmaker or you know or, uh, or option because when he gets the ball, he's seeing two or three guys.
1: All right, Christopher, our moment has come. We're going to start bringing our friends up on the stage. Uh, Apologies, but I'm going to try to start with Jared and Lewis just because they got here first, and then I'll go to Cash Cow. I see a request from him. Uh, There's about 15 of us in this room right now, so uh, everybody try to keep it short, but definitely want to get your entire perspective. So here we go. Jared, you're up. Go ahead and accept the invitation and let your voice be heard. Jared can't speak right now, so we're going to go over to Lewis. Lewis, you are up. Come join us. Oh, snap, I'm here.
3: (laughs) Okay. Get Uh, in, Louis P. Where do we start? (laughs) 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 No, I'm really really trying to think, man. We had an entire week off, and this is what we saw. I can't believe it.
1: Against the team with the worst record in the NBA. (laughs) man, <laughs> at least it can't get any worse, right? Well, I guess uh, aside from
3: injuries no, Preston, aside from
1: injuries how could it get any worse
3: Don't do this. Don't do this. it's gonna get worse. it's gonna work <laughs> <laughs> it. I know people are saying this is rock bottom, but I'm telling you it could get worse. and you know, you mentioned the injuries and that's kind of like the whole part of this where in the first half of the season, it was so new to us that this team wasn't dealing with a lot of injuries. And we saw some teams dealing with the COVID and safety protocols, having to postpone their games and miss games. Uh, And, you know, you kind of look at it, the Pelicans weren't dealing with that. You get a week off and Mm. (laughs) they they come out with this effort. You know, I did tweet out that the the effort and how much it can make up for the talent gap in the NBA – And I really believe that the Pelicans are talented than other teams sort of on their timeline. You look at the Memphis Grizzlies sort of on their timeline. Uh, They just had John Morant in the same draft as Zion Williams, and they've been without Triple J for their season as well. And they still have a better record. You look at Oklahoma City, a team that was Mm. compiling a bunch of draft picks as well, and they came into tonight with the same record as the Pels. So, you look at it, and these teams that are sort of on the same timeline, you look at the New York Knicks who are above 500. They just drafted R.J. Barrett. You looked at uh, the Charlotte Hornets who just drafted a little mellow Ball, and their starting five going into the All Star break were filled with players drafted in the 2018 and 2019 draft. So, you look at all of these teams that are sort of on the same timeline, but they play a lot harder than the Pels. And this isn't like people are questioning like, is this a coaching thing? Is this a player thing? Really, to me, you just need a shakeup because outside of the two new starters, Eric Bledsoe and Steven Adams, you kind of have the same core of players that you have. So you really need to just shake it up and see what you have. My expectations for the season have changed. I really do think it's about Zion and Brandon Ingram and seeing what works around them. So hopefully they address it moving forward, seeing what they can do best and then seeing what players fit best around them.
1: Yeah, and honestly, we we laugh and, and we poke fun at this team, yep. and we we throw a match over the flame. But honestly, this team is still, in my estimation, uh, the NBA is just tough. Like tonight, tonight's performance aside, if the Pelicans go into the season with somebody like Jay Crowder coming off the bench, they're just reinforced a bit more. They're in a much better situation. They're probably in a better situation in the standings too. But uh, and and I'm sure we'll have some friends come up and join us and talk about uh, their perspective on the offseason and what needs to be done since I don't know in which order you all came I'm gonna start with the people who have requested to speak uh I don't know how to do that where is Brandon when I know I just Brandon? had two people who requested to speak and I lost them so if I'm an idiot apologies uh you I'm gonna <laughs> it, it very much could be that I'm <laughs> gonna go ahead and start with Mitch because he's on the left hand side Mitch if you would like to speak this is your opportunity Money making, Mitch. Oh, here comes Mitch.
3: I don't have much to say. Just a Wolves fan in here listening to you guys. Uh,
2: God to- damn it! <laughs>
1: <laughs> God damn it! You got us, Mitch. Well, Mitch, uh, from watching the game from a Wolves fan's perspective, what did you see, and what did you take away from the Pelicans and uh, their their effort tonight or lack thereof?
0: Um, I think you you guys said it well. I mean, Zion is. A force down low, something we haven't seen in years, and he just wasn't getting his getting his shots tonight. Um, I mean, yeah, teams are going to adjust and really like focus their time and energy on one guy, and they're going to the Pels are really going to need to figure out like who who steps up and who is their scorer when Zion's not not the guy. So tonight, <laughs> there wasn't much outside yeah. of that first quarter, but. I can't Not. talk to the Wolves fan though, so <laughs>
2: no, worries. a rare
0: a rare win for my team.
2: Thanks, Mitch. Here is the thing, Mitch. You guys, at least, man. At worst, at worst, the Timberwolves have, from what I see, you guys have a mixture of guys that try hard, whether they're young or they're old. You have uh, you have athleticism, right? I'm a huge fan, huge fan of Jaden McDaniels, who lit up the Pelicans for 20 points tonight. Right. You have you have Josh Kage, who even if he can't shoot, is a is a defender. He on one possession got two offensive fouls. I don't think I've seen that. Okay, one that wasn't called and then one that was eventually called against Brandon Ingram. OK, you got I mean, I mean, Jalen Jalen Noel dropped 28 off the bench. Right. On top of the fact that you're you know, you're developing guys like like Anthony Edwards. Uh you have a a steady veteran and rookie Rubio. Jerry Vanderbilt is, you know, has been starting and filling in well. You guys have guys that uh a good mixture of tall and short, young and old, guys that can come in and make somewhat of a difference whether they're playing hard or not. The Timberwolves aren't consistently from my perspective. I've seen them in a lot of games that I've watched play hard for a certain period of time, even if it ends up in an L. Problem with the Pelicans are they don't they don't have that level of depth, even if it's from an athletic perspective and their guys don't fit well around their two best players. That's just it. That's what it comes down to. That's what it comes down to me from top to bottom. That roster is not built to help where your two guys lack or help bring, you know, I guess the best out of them consistently night in night, night in and night out, especially against good teams.
0: Yeah. I hear you. The coach too. I think the new coach, I don't think Ryan Saunders was, was the answer. So I'm excited to see a new coach and hopefully we'll see a little bit of a turnaround with that. Thanks so
1: much for your time, Mitch. We're going to go over now to Brandon Tejeda, who is very excited to speak. Come on down, Brandon. My guy. I I mean,
4: how, (laughs) I'll start with this. How can a team, Fail to meet expectations when you have no expectations. (laughs) I I just don't understand it. Like, seriously. Like, I'm sitting here knowing that we're going to be hopefully an average team. Maybe make the play-in game. You know, not really having my hopes set on that. Literally just enjoying the game. Just being a fan. Win or lose, just riding the roller coaster. But then this happens tonight. Where there's zero pride. Zero just effort. And, like, I just don't get it as a a professional basketball player. You have your head so far up your ass that you you just can't stand in front of a player. Like, literally, just stand in front of him without letting him go by you. I I just, oh, my goodness. Like, where – after that, like, where does – where do we go from now? This whole accountability thing has been preached to us from the beginning. And, like – I'm not really calling for anybody's job. I just, we as fans deserve answers. You're, you're selling this product. You're, you're gassing it up a ton to the point where like, okay, well, you know, the people that might not have expectations um, are like starting to like, okay, well, you know, we're going to be a fun team to watch. This isn't a fun team to watch. And this this inconsistency, especially when it comes to like games that I don't even want to say that we're supposed to win, but at least be competitive like they are literally one of the worst teams in the nba and now we're, we're what we have a qu- we gave them a quarter of their wins
2: um so brandon important. yeah so brandon let me let me let me ask you a question why you're up here you're mentioning you're mentioning accountability okay yes. because this is going to go into into my point moving forward tell me when you look at the roster what guys when you think of accountability name me the guys that you think of on the pelicans right now how many can you name? Like, what do you mean? I'm like, sorry. I, like, no, 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 no. That's fine. When you think of guys that will hold other people accountable, oh, okay, okay? When you think of guys that lead by example consistently, tell me the amount of people the or, or, or the amount of players you can think of off the top of your head. The the only person that I will say that I can
4: probably maybe assume that leads by example is Steven Adams but then again, he, he cannot be the one that comes to my mind. He, he cannot be the only one that I can assume that actually is going in there, just doing the work, doing what he needs to do to, to contribute to the team. And, like, that's a problem. And, like, I don't really necessarily blame Zion because he's he barely has played a season in the NBA. And, like, he's doing his, what he's can. Like, he's he's a rookie – That is just has the weight of the world on his shoulders on this really crappy team. And like, seriously, like we have no one. We have no one on this team that is literally like just, you know what? I'm getting in everybody's face and like saying like, hey, you're playing like crap. You aren't aren't getting back. Like you are just chucking up any shot that you possibly can. And it's just just, Mm -hmm. you're not doing what you're supposed to be doing. So who does that fall on? You see, that's. That's the interesting question. Is it the you coach? You say it. You, it, it, it nope, nope. Is it the coach? Nope. I personally, I personally don't think it's the coach. So who do you I think, I, I think, in, in any job, in, in any job, in any profession, he's getting when there you, when, you, <laughs> when you when you have a whole bunch of employees that are just not doing their job, and especially when you have this whole like kind of what you, it's assumed that your job role is. And okay. no one's doing it, then it it goes to the top. Ooh, i Do I think it's a hundred percent his fault? Say his
2: name. Say his name. Come on. I,
4: I think I, I do think David Griffin owes us <laughs> an explanation. <laughs> he, I, he owes us an explanation.
2: <laughs> I and was playing for it. Boy.
0: If if
4: you're if you're sitting there, if you're sitting there and like oh like oh no, it's not David Griffin's fault, but like I'm not. Saying anything, but like accountability does start at the top. And if there's no accountability at the top, then that word is meaningless because literally, the person who is running the show, if the product is not going the way it's supposed to be going, you're the one that started it. You're the one that kind of sold it. You're the one that gassed it up. And I, I think, as far as moves wise, like as building the future, I think he's done a great job. As far as the current roster, I think the fact that it's been somewhat silent and there's been no shakeup, I think that is an issue. Um, I, I think this roster has enough skill to be at least competitive. I, I do think that the expectation is like mm-hmm. not to be blown out by one of the worst teams in the age by 30 plus points. That is just, mm-hmm. what, what, <laughs> what What do you, there's no defending that. There's no defending that. I, I honest to God, I, I'm a little bit mad at Stan Van Gundy for not coming. Like, I, well, I haven't seen the postgame press, but, like, if he's not, like, if he's not red in the face yelling at everybody, I, I'm, I'm going to be pissed off because, like, it, he, he, as a coach, I mean, this, this, this would be the straw that broke Mike Campbell's back.
1: We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search. Match. Just go to Indeed.com slash match right now and support our show by saying you heard about Indeed on this podcast. Indeed.com slash match. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. Let's talk about our newest sponsor, eBay. From rare dead stock to the latest release, you can find the exact sneaker you're looking for on eBay. As the original sneaker marketplace, eBay is the place to go to cop the pair you've been eyeing. And with eBay's authenticity guarantee, a team of independent professional authenticators perform a rigorous inspection of the sneakers you purchase before they're sent to you. So you can shop confidently knowing your pair is the real deal. And for the sneaker sellers out there, eBay has eliminated selling fees on sneakers $100 or more, making it free to sell or flip your collection. With other sites taking as much as 25%, you're going to have a lot of extra money left for... You guessed it, more sneakers. Check out ebay.com sneakers today. BetOnline, the fastest and easiest way to bet on all your sports action. Football might be over, but NBA, college basketball, and the NHL are in full swing. BetOnline even covers awards, TV shows, and reality TV. Real-time updated odds and props on almost anything you can imagine. Bet Online has you covered for all the news, scores, and odds. It's the best way to place your bets, and it's free to sign up. Head to the website or use your mobile device to sign up today and receive 50% welcome bonus on your first deposit. Bet online, your online sportsbook experts. Honest Scott. Great, great stuff, Tejeda. If anybody else uh, wants to talk, go ahead and uh, ask to come up on stage uh, while we find who wants to speak next. Thank you again to Tejeda. I'm going to go on a, a mini Griff rant. Uh, I think by now, everybody probably knows my, my take on David Griffin. I, I didn't agree with the move on Drew Holiday. I'll, obviously, I'm biased to Drew Holiday. I didn't like the Stephen Adams pickup. Uh, I like the extension even less. But with Mm. that being said, we talked about accountability. Chris brought it up. Tejeda was talking about it. And that's something that we haven't been doing to David Griffin. I mean, there are so many examples of this, uh, calling Drew Holiday, you know, an MVP candidate, saying he he needs to be released. Uh, Derek Favors, untapped offensive potential. Less than a year (laughs) later, they're both off the team. But just last week, just last week, David Griffin said, you do not bestow minutes on young players. They have to earn them. And then tonight, what happened? All the young players got extensive run. It's it's becoming difficult to trust David Griffin at his word. He's he's almost becoming like sort of a wrestling promoter who comes on screen, you know, tries to quiet everybody down, does the rah rah thing,
2: and does listen here, brother.
1: What's that? I said, listen here, brother. All right, yeah. boy. Listen here, brother. The Pelicans <laughs> are gonna beat people's asses this season. <laughs> <laughs> but, but it is fun it is entertaining but at the end of the day it it makes you wonder whether or not stan van gundy's hands are tied and if his hands are tied in terms of who he can and cannot play then what kind of power or voice does he have in a locker room when the players know that the, the direction isn't coming from him and the person the direction actually is coming from isn't in the room with them and i think that just presents a problem when you've got too much power behind one person chris do you want to riff on that
2: well, I, I mean, look, right, like when you look at the teams that the Stan Van Gundy coached when he was winning, he had so many players that understood what their role was in the league and was comfortable in it to where it brings consistency and it brings confidence throughout the squad. You know what I'm saying? Orlando teams had had Gortat. They had Dwight Howard. They had Hito Turgaloo. They had Jameer Nelson. They had Mike. They had They had you had so many guys that knew, okay, this is my role, this is what I'm doing, and I'm going to do this well. Even going back to those days in Miami, which I'm not going to go all the way back there because I'm going to name a bunch of players that probably only like two people in here might know from top to bottom. But, you know, that's what a guy like Stan needs to run the system that he is going to have to run. And it's hard to run that with young guys that, you know, are still finding themselves between either positions between fundamentals you know top to bottom that's difficult that's difficult it doesn't necessarily fall i mean you know, it's 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 hard to to say like yo it falls strictly on david griffin but when you come out and say some of the things in which he said and you look how things have progressed while I didn't expect this team, I'm not upset that they're not a number six seed in the Western Conference. Hell, I'm not upset. I'm not upset that they're not an eighth seed in the Western Conference. They shouldn't be losing. They should have enough roster fortitude to not lose to the Minnesota Timberwolves after a rest, after a rest at home. when they're one of the few teams in the NBA that can have a certain amount of fans. That's the issue. That's the issue there for me. But. A lot of it while you can point at Effort, you can point at uh the certain guys that are being pulled up. Well, Stan Van Gundy is pulling a r he's pulling a, a a a goddamn number out of a hat game to game, trying to figure out, okay, what can you do that's going to fit? Because the parts that I have don't fit what I need night in and night out consistently. That's the issue. Now, to you know, Tejada mentioned uh he mentioned Steven Adams. Josh Hart is another guy that I that I think deserves some of that. Some of that mention, right? Because Josh Hart is a dude that knows who he is as a basketball player. And regardless, even if his shot isn't falling, you know it's something else that you can depend on with him consistently, right? Rebounding. He's going to consistently rebound. He's going to fight over screens. He's going to do other things. I think Lonzo Ball is another guy that I feel like even if his shot isn't falling, I know that he's going to make smart plays off the ball defensively. You know, there, there are other things there. Zion is becoming that guy. It's hard for Brandon Ingram right now because defensively he's at a disadvantage. He's with a roster that doesn't fit some of the things that he off or looking at him with their attention on him off of every screen, off of every isolation, whatever the case is with most lineups, there are moves that they need to make. And I'm sure that Griff thought that Eric Bledsoe would come in and be uh a contributing piece, a contributing asset, and maybe he thought Nikhil Alexander Walker would take another step. He thought, you know, uh, Kira Lewis Jr. would step up and, you know, be able to make a, you know, to make an aspect. But there's so many other things beyond that. Nicole Melli was supposed to get minutes. He was supposed to be a stretch five that was going to be able to make things happen. Dating back to last year, it hasn't progressed.
1: You know, All right. I'm um, oh, sorry. Go ahead.
2: No, 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 no. Go ahead, Preston. Ari Gold uh, wants to come up
1: on stage before we bring Ari. Love your work on Entourage, by the way. Uh, Mar- Marcus said, at least no one is punking the New Orleans Pelicans, uh, a famous Stan Van Gundy <laughs> <laughs> quote from before the season. He also said that uh, Stan Van Gundy postgame said that the Pelicans practice yesterday was one of the worst he's been a part of. Wow. Wow! So now Stan Van Gundy is publicly calling out his guys. This is not okay, Chris. Uh, but I'm sure, in typical Pelicans fashion, they'll come out and they'll punch the Cavaliers in the mouth. And and uh, who's who's the and then the Clippers on Sunday? Watch them win these next two games. But let's see what Ari has to say. Ari,
0: I'm bringing you up on the stage. What's going on, my friend? Hey, happy to sign in. I actually wasn't planning on talking, but y'all are just uh, so approachable. Uh, oh. I, I couldn't help myself. Uh, Preston, you actually brought up a point on Drew Holiday and how you didn't agree with the trade. And that resonated with me because I really didn't want Drew to leave. I thought he represented New Orleans beautifully just on the court, in the community. Um, I would have loved to have traded Griff and kept Drew uh, if, if I could. And that sort of touches on my point of when it comes to championship basketball, All of these teams that win championships, they all have a very clear identity. They all have a very clear culture. It's why the same few teams have dominated the past two decades. You have the Spurs, the Heat, the uh, Lakers, the Celtics. You you can point to the same teams that just continuously win championships. And it's because they have a very clear and established culture. And I don't know what the Pelicans' culture is. Uh, It's just sort of winging it each day. And I'm all for winging it but I'm also not a professional basketball player. I just handle finances and you can really wing the stock market better than you can wing a professional basketball team.
1: On the next episode of the Bird Calls, Ari Gold is going to give some financial tips. Ari, if you had one financial tip to to get us back into that that winning spirit, even if it's not on a basketball court, what would it be?
0: Uh yeah, trade Dave Griff for Bitcoin. <laughs>
1: Or Top Shot. Top Shot's another good one. Um, Great stuff, Ari. Thank you so much for joining us. Uh, It looks like Chris has muted himself, so I'm going to go ahead and riff a little bit. Uh, He was talking about a culture, and I think that's a a really important point to bring up because I know what culture Griffin is trying to bring uh, to New Orleans. He's trying to bring that tough-minded, play hard, uh, we're not going to make it easy on you, we're not going to bow down but continually mm. we're not seeing that spirit emanated on the basketball
2: court like we did tonight Chris. No, I mean it, it's I I definitely agree with that. I I think that it was very when you when you look at the aggressive comments that Griff made out the box, you know, uh he was trying to make up for I guess the perception of a franchise that was someone that was stepped on, that was less than that was uh a place where superstars came, were drafted to, and eventually left. I get what he was trying to do. It goes back to that wrestling promoter, you know, uh, thing that you ended up mentioning, Preston. But yo, if you want to be tough, if that's your goal, if that's what you want to bring, you gotta put the right tough parts around the team. And maybe, maybe the plan is, maybe the plan was to punt this season, get a, get get more assets make a trader, you know, make some moves uh, through free agency or whatever the case is to get more of those parts. But, you know, I, I think that at some point the criticism has to be fair and looking at him and saying, yo, you promised these things. You said we were going to – you said the team was here to kick ass. You said no one was going to bully this team. You said this was the plan. It's not happening. At some point, where – what's the reasoning for that? And it's kind of an issue or an eyebrow razor where the issues of last season are similar for this one. We're talking about depth and pretty much the same areas. For sure. Uh, One thing
1: I want to point out, obviously, a team that's playing a bunch of rookies, 19- and 20-year-olds, is bound to struggle. Uh, Willie Hernan Gomez did not get any run tonight, which makes me imagine that they're going to give him heavy minutes tomorrow night against Cleveland. Here are his numbers in 343 minutes. The team is two points better per 100 possessions with him on the floor. With Jackson Hayes, it's 13.9 points worse per hundred possessions. Uh, that's in 300 minutes. So Jackson Hayes is in the seventh percentile in the entire NBA. Hernan Gomez is in the 60th. So too, Nikhail Alexander Walker is in the 12th percentile. Kyra Lewis is in the 17th percentile. And this goes back to the confusing aspect of the Pelicans is, are we going with youth or are we playing veterans? Let's just pick one. I don't care which one it is. If we want to put them out there and we want to lose some games, but we want to learn on the fly, let's do that. But Griffin exists in this strange purgatory where he wants to have his cake and eat it too he wants to play the veterans and win games and build a culture while while also developing his young players and it's difficult to do both at the same time if you are going to do it you can't possibly do all of them at the same time like they did tonight so anyway just my two cents uh if anybody else wants to raise their hand now is the time otherwise i'm gonna let mr impatient bull on twitter as you can find him take this home
2: Anyone else, James? I know you have to talk. I know you want to talk. You're here. You're you're not here to be quiet. Request to speak. Here he comes,
1: Mr. James Smith, ladies and gentlemen. What's up, James? (laughs)
2: I'm gonna try my hardest not to cuss. I swear to goddamn. Uh, (laughs) I, I, bro, I'm so sick of this. I really (laughs) like. It's not even a situation where I expected the Pelicans to like be this great playoff team so fast. It just, damn, can we look like we at least trying every night? Like, that's all I want at this point.
1: I think that's totally fair. Um, and, and I think as a Pelicans fan, this, this isn't a new emotion or feeling for us. This is one that's three years in the making. And even if you, even if you're not tired of losing by now, I think you're tired of turning on your television and envisioning your team not caring as much as you do, not trying as much as you do, or not having the same spark or fire that you feel as just a random person sitting on a couch. So I definitely empathize with that emotion. And, and I, I think everybody in New Orleans has the right to feel that way because when your team is losing year after year, you're you're destined to feel that way. You're bound to feel that way. Chris, uh you want to follow that up?
2: Well, I mean, look, right? We we talked beforehand, uh, I mean, you pressed that about, there was, you know, there's a, You know, it's 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 what trauma brings, man. You start to eventually think, oh shit, here we go again, right? You had Baron Davis leave, or one out. You had Chris Paul eventually one out to leave. You had Anthony Davis eventually one out to leave, and you start thinking when you see these L's and 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 these inconsistent efforts pop up, you start thinking, oh shit, well we're on the clock. How much longer do we have? Like yo, we have to. If you think in context. There are things that are happening now from an organizational standpoint, from a, uh, from a draft pick standpoint, from an asset standpoint that, that did not exist in previous eras. That is something you can point at. Now, the complete, uh, the complete, I guess, misdirection that's happening, some of the political stances that are taken that don't seem to be genuine. I think you can point at and, you know, and have a question mark. I understand the frustration, you know, but when it's all said and done, they are a young team and they are going through issues that young teams that believe that they have an opportunity to do both. As as you mentioned, Preston, you know, develop and um, develop young talent and uh, develop young talent and bring in veterans. It's very difficult to do. It doesn't happen very often, unless you're the San Antonio Spurs, and they have a structure that is that is that, that has been built, that is um, relied upon, that people can trust in, and know exactly how it fits. They have pieces. They don't they don't make moves without knowing or having a plan in place beyond just that particular period, right? And you know, I mean, like the Spurs wouldn't the Spurs wouldn't make a move for a guy like Eric Bledsoe. You know, if they were in the Pelican situation, they probably wouldn't. That's just the case. Just the way that it is. Um, That's something that New Orleans is going to have to learn from. But I will say, even through the frustration, there is a light at the end of the tunnel when you look at what they have from top to bottom. I get people being upset. Um, I get people wanting to question Griffin. I get people wanting to question the Colts and the players, whatever the case is. Um, My thought process is if we're here next year, after two years of the same nonsense most of you know from top to bottom in my from my perspective, I think at that point that's when I really understand people saying, Okay, what the fuck? <laughs> nice, Chris.
1: Uh I, I'm gonna riff and try to find the positive aspect of this for a moment. Uh what team is more fun to follow than this New Orleans Pelicans team? We have the most controversial trade candidate. Six months after reeling off the best second half of the season in the NBA in 2017-2018, we had an, a two all-defensive teamers, an MVP candidate, Follow that six months later with the biggest, most controversial trade demand in the NBA. After that, we get Zion. We get Brandon Ingram, another all, all-star. We've got two young all-stars. Then we have a 13-game losing streak. Uh, six months before that, we won, what, 22 out of 30 games. We were a top 10 team on both sides of the ball for 36 games uh, over the second half of the season. It's just highs and lows with this team, but uh, unfortunately, a lot more lows than highs right now. I want to thank everybody for joining us. Drake, Stephen, Jason, Ari, Lewis, Brandon, Marcus. Um, I think Ralph popped in at one point. James, thank you mm-hmm. so much. Uh, especially big, big thanks. To Christopher uh Connor, I think that's his middle name, <laughs> uh, for helping this old man master this app. This is my first time here, so we will be much smoother the next time we do this. Uh, you can follow me at Preston Ellis. Of course, follow our podcast at The Bird Calls NO. And Mr. Christopher Connor at
2: Impatient Bull, is there anything you want to sign off with, sir? Um, outside of you calling me the outlandish middle name, I promise you, the next time we come up here, I'm topping that. I don't know what name I'm going to give you, but it's going to be fire. And it's not going to rhyme with Preston or Ellis. I-, I guarantee you, I can't wait. Outside of that, guys, smile. You're going to be Cleveland tomorrow. <laughs> it's going to be great. And we're going to kidnap Larry
1: Nance. We're going to bring him back home with us. And things are just going to be magical. We're going to skip together. And we're going to bring Ohel Cosell in here with us. And we're going to make that old-timer. Uh, learn how to use 2021 technology. Uh, for Christopher, for myself, for the Bird Calls team, thank you all. This was really, really fun. It was a really tough loss, but uh, hearing everybody in here and sharing all of our sorrows together was was really, really awesome. So big thanks to you. And Chris, we'll have to game plan when we're going to do this again, my friend.
2: Uh, we sh- we surely will. You're the one with the child, man. So uh, whenever whenever you have the availability, we can make it happen. So you guys uh, go on Twitter and go ahead and let
1: us know, do you really like these post-game? Do you want a little pre-game action so we can get excited about a game and preview a game? Do you want to do it during halftime, just like a quick 10 minutes just to talk about what you saw in the first half? Write to us on Twitter. Tell us when the best time would be for you to uh, come and hop into a locker room room with us. But for now, I'm Preston Ellis. Let's dance and let's go Pells.